Hello, this is the 9320 review. The morning after our 2 1 away win at West Brom in the League Cup. Uh, I'm refusing to call it the Carabao Cup, although I guess I just have. Um, I'm Lloyd. I'll be your host for today to chew through, chew through the fat on last night's eventful win. And uh, joining me today, I've got, first of all, Kerry Collins. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Enjoy the game last night? Eventful yes, one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yes and no. Good yeah. bits, bad bits. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, and returning after his recent debut, we've got uh, Mark Menecroft. How are you, Mark? Ah, uh, yeah, I call it the Rumbelows Cup. I think that was the uh, <laughs> sponsor change that I wish to retire at that point from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can go with that. We can go with that. Um, okay, cool. So let's crack on. Um, I think there's probably only one place to start, really, um, because it really did change the game. I think uh, we should start with Gundogan's injury and kind of uh, what that means. Um, but just as a, a means of clearing up just quickly, there's a little bit of confusion last night. Um in Pep's press conference, he didn't actually say uh, he'll be out for a month or give any sort of time frame. Um, that was a kind of mishearing from Stuart Brennan. What he actually said was, it's not too serious. It will not be eight months like last time. The physios have told me it is little, the injury, um, and he will have some tests tomorrow. So just thought I'd clear that up because a lot of people were saying he's out for a month, but I don't think um, they've put a kind of date on it yet. Um but yeah, uh, Kerry, I'll come to you first. Um, yeah, what did you make of it when you saw it initially? Um, very first initial thought was I didn't. I just thought it was one of those really cynical challenges where you're just trying to stop him, and he was going to take a yellow for the team. Um, and then, obviously, looking at it back, you know, it was pretty shocking, wasn't it? And um, you could see actually, just I mean, Gundogan's reaction. You know, he was looked like he was in absolute agony. And then I think there was a little look from Sterling. He came over and it's like they all, almost like, you know, half of yeah, our I players immediately thought, you know, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Gundogan's just not that sort of player, I think, to, <laughs> to he's, he's not going to feign injury, is he, after everything he's been through. So, um, yeah, it was a, I was, I was watching it on a loop this morning and it is, it's an absolute shocker. It's so, so ironic that he'd just gone on like a, 60, 70 yard run as well. <laughs> yeah. Just completely roasted Jakob. Um, yeah, Mark, what did, what did you make of it initially? What are your thoughts? It was a Norman Hunter 1970s tackle and they're not allowed anymore for very good reason. Uh, number one, it's utterly cynical, but hey, yeah, the, <laughs> there are a lot of utterly cynical tackles that uh, uh, City players make as well. But the, the problem with this one is that it is dangerous to players. Uh, I think that Marco van Basten was the key player on this one, wasn't he? His career was basically ended by tackles like that. And it just shouldn't be allowed. I mean, I, it's one of these things where there isn't really a debate. And were a City player to have done that, we wouldn't be defending him. No, definitely, definitely. And what what I find quite bizarre is I tweeted the image last night um, and lots of West Brom fans have been tweeting me since saying, oh, he got the ball. Um, <clears throat> and lots of other fans from other clubs saying, oh, you know, he won the ball. But it's complete, you're not, I don't know whether people realise you're not allowed now to tackle from behind like that. If Whether you get the ball is completely irrelevant. But the fact he kind of scissored and took both feet um, and you just saw that left knee just ping forward. Oh, yeah, I really, I really hope he's all right. Um, but yeah, he took the man, didn't he? You know, he took the man first, and it's again, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a foul all day, which I mean, it was given as a foul, but it's like you said, it's the scissoring. You know, it's just an absolute shocker. I, I remember him. I remember Jakob. I mean, he's, he's just one of those thug players, isn't he? I remember doing it last year. I think it was against. David Silva, and he was absolutely just laying into him every time he went near him. He was just, it was another one of those things. He should have been off, you know, <laughs> he should have been off last night and he should have been off in that other game, in, in the game last year. He was just absolutely atrocious. And I've seen him do it to other other teams as well, not just us. I mean, the thing that I looked at this morning was the Fernandinho tackle against Burnley right on New Year's Day or the day after where he got a red card in the first half and we came back to win. And I couldn't remember the discussion with you guys afterwards was that, yeah, that is a red card. Now, you compare that tackle and there is a scissors movement like the one that you saw 
with Jakob. But it's not as violent. It's poor in control, and it is from the front rather than the back. So it seems to me that the Fernandinho Burnley red card, which we accepted, that is the yardstick for red card. We're not going to complain about that. This was considerably worse. Yeah, what, what did we make of um, Tony Pulis's comments after the game? Um, Sam tweeted a few of them out. He said, uh, I've been told Jakob got the ball. Uh, he did for me. The lad, referring to Gundogan, got up walking off, looked okay. City got their free kick. Jakob got booked. Not sure what anyone's worried about. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not surprised <laughs> that he said that. It's just, that's kind of what you'd expect him to say, isn't it? And I don't mean because he's the manager of Jakob, I just mean he's he's quite a classless manager, Pulis. From, he's said stuff like that before, hasn't he? He just seems to think there's nothing wrong with it. Bit of a dinosaur. Yeah, but do I care really what Pulis thinks? I've had my revenge twice against him. May the 13th, 30th, 1999, and May the 14th, 2011, both at Wembley. I was there both times. Who's won? <laughs> yeah, I think his his record against City is actually really, really poor. Whether it's yeah. um, obviously the Gillingham game or subsequent games when he's been Stoke, um, kind of West Brom manager. Um, just just to make it that little bit more um, painful, um, Kerry, what did you make of Gundogan before the injury? It was unreal, wasn't he? Absolutely, unbelievably. Uh, what a performance for. You know, I, I would have given him, I would have cut him a lot more slack, <laughs> you know, if he'd been a little bit rusty. And I know he's, I know he's had, a, you know, he's been on as a sub before now, but, you know, to play from the start and play that well, I, I forgot just how good he is. And I still feel like we've never, we still haven't, you know, last still year not he really got injured. Seen him, have we? Yeah, exactly. Last year he got injured like fairly early into the season and he'd, he'd been playing well, but, you know, he just, yeah, you know, I mean, Christ, if he could get fit and stay fit, you know, it's like in in in, uh, in this summer's transfer fees, it'd be like having a sixty million midfielder, wouldn't it? You know, and it's um, it just I thought it was absolutely brilliant. His his touch, his control, his passing—it was absolutely just outrageous. And like you said, that you know, the the move that led to the to the foul, like the the sort of the turn he did which was just outside our own box. And then he did sort of like ran 70 yards, absolutely had Jakob on toast. And that's why he's, that's why he's absolutely, you know, just bat, uh, or he's just completely taking him out. But he was unbelievable. It was such a good performance. And, you know, he, he, you could see he just was loving it, you know, loving being back. What, what do you yeah, make I, of, um, what do you make of these kind of accusations from certain people? Cause I think it's an interesting thing to discuss at least that, that, uh, he's made of glass, and that other, uh, you know, another player, say a De Bruyne or Silva or someone like that, would ride that tackle. What do you think? Uh, um, I think that was a pretty poor tackle. I think he's just unlucky. Can I just make one point about Gundawan? I'm sorry to pour cold water slightly again uh, on his performance. It's noticeable that he played in a more advanced role which is where he did play really well last year before he was injured, particularly the Barcelona game, I remember. He played in that position. We had a bit more difficulty integrating him into the team when he played the sort of deeper holding role, which noticeably Yaya played last night. And I suppose had he played deeper and played as well, then I really would have been absolutely delighted. Yeah, I think because we, we've, we've spoken on a few of the pods, haven't we, about you know where will he play? And if if... We wanted him in the first eleven, you know. Where where do you play him? You know, because I think we've all sort of assumed he would play the kind of in the Fernandinho role, uh, but obviously he wasn't playing that yesterday. And in, in in the first eleven, you know, he was playing in essentially he was playing in one of the positions of De Bruyne and Silva. So, you know, who who would you drop if you want to play him there? So yeah, yeah, no, it's a good point, Mark. Yeah, no, it is, it is a good point. I think the difficulty is, as we've always kind of said with Gundogan, is we've never really seen him in that position. I think he played it literally once or twice last season uh, and he kind of did it when we played a back three and he kind of played once, I think, with Fernandinho as like a two and then once on his own. But I think, to be honest, he's got all the... He's got most of the characteristics. I'm not sure about all the defensive side, but the passing, I mean, some of the... Some of the pressing that he was getting out last night with just little, as uh, a little 
left-footed one round the corner um, early in the first half. So much, just always so crisp. Um, and yeah, because he's just so two, two-footed, he can just beat that press really well. So yeah, it's um, it's frustrating. But yeah, Kerry, just back to you. I, I want to get your thoughts on this. What do you make of the of the kind of um, idea that another another player might ride that tackle, or do you think that the tackle itself is almost so bad that it that kind of comes out the window? Um, it's really hard to say, isn't it? I mean, everybody's different. You know, everyone. It's. I mean, in my you know in my job, you know, I I make films and I'm developing the adaptation of Lakey's book, Paul Lake's book, and you know, obviously, so it. it I'm fairly well versed in the uh, in the sort of the knee the knee trouble and what it's like for a player going through that. Um, and I don't know, you know, I don't think Paul Paul Lake ever felt like he was made of glass. He just felt like he was unlucky. And I think, you know, I don't know. People said the, the only thing that sort of sticks in my mind is people kind of said when Gundogan came to us was that he's a bit injury prone, and I don't know how true that was. Um, you know, I know he had a couple of he had an injury with his back, hadn't he? Like, and a couple yeah, of he had a very major back injury. Yeah. So, you know, is it is he just one of those unlucky players? I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, Silver does ride challenges, but then you know, also a couple of years ago, Silver every time he got kicked on the ankle, he was in serious trouble, wasn't he? So, don't know. Really hard one to answer. I just just don't know. I mean, if he's not, they're not going to play him if he's not absolutely, you know, over his injury. So and the way he played suggested he was over his injury, um, and we don't know yet. But we're assuming it's not the same injury that that he's just been that he's just recovered from. On so, the subject, of, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, the subject of Gundogan and his um, injuries. Uh, if I can recommend uh, the New York Times website, there's an absolutely brilliant piece by Rory Smith on Gundogan and his recovery and rehab from the uh, injury at Watford just before Christmas and well, I've always got to say it because of the amount of absolute rubbish that's written about City a really high quality piece of newspaper journalism does sort of need to be commended No definitely if if anyone hasn't read that then I would urge you to, to also do that um, Okay so yeah um, let's just hope Gundogan's back as soon as possible I mean I'm sure we'll get news either tomorrow or Friday but um, fingers crossed um, okay, just quickly before we move on to talk about the game kind of in a normal sense and go through team selection, um, I think now is probably an apt time just to talk about the ref. Um, Mike Jones, one of my least favourite refs. Um, <laughs> I think it's fair to say he had another shocker last night. Um, yeah, um, Kerry, what did you make of it? Do you think, do you think West, West Brom were very over the top? Yeah, and I think they got... I think they got more so as the game went on, actually. Um, I mean, there was a point where I thought, I was, cause I was looking at Mike Jones closely thinking, is he is he being shipped for both teams or is it just us? And it, it felt like there were a few calls there were where he uh, where he was just being equally shit. Um, if, just a couple of little things which, you know, I thought we got away with in the first half. Only, you know, just like little fouls or whatever here and there. But then... Looking back at it, it just I think actually he was just the the shit he let them get away with the 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 I think you put it in the notes agricultural, which I think is a very uh, <laughs> diplomatic way of putting yeah, it nice in terms way. of how they played. I mean, they were just just absolutely just battering us, you know. They're just just kicking us up in the air. And the thing is, the problem is I've seen it before. You know, you, you just some refs just let that stuff go. I mean, the amount of times in the first half, especially Jesus, he I mean he was doing some unbelievable flicks and tricks and, you know, maybe it was a bit yeah. over the top, but he was, the amount of times he, I think there was a period where he flicked the ball around the centre-back probably four or five times and every single time he got clattered and probably four of those five occasions, it wasn't even given as a free kick. It was just like, he just uh, he just was waves play on. And it's like, what what does he have to do, you know, to, to actually get a free kick? It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I think Mike Jones is a bit of a different referee to some of the others we discuss here. Uh, some of the others that we discuss that also get criticised are actually decent referees and certainly among the best 10 in the country. I think he's actually just useless. And I don't know why he's on the Premier League list. 
you look at the uh, uh, Gundogan foul, uh, Jakob, the reason that wasn't given is that his position, and you can see it, he's directly behind the action. He doesn't have an angle to see it. That's why he doesn't really know what's happened there. And the angle is so crucial. I mean, I, I used to work with a guy who was a football league linesman, and he was really good at giving this sort of interesting perspective on the game. And he says, so often it's the angle, and, and the, re- the skill of the referee is to get that angle. And brilliant example of this was actually the Liverpool game and the Mane sending off, where the thing that the referee did well there and needs praise for is that he got that 45-degree angle between himself and what was happening, and also he anticipated the side of the players he needed to be on. So he actually had a perfect view. Therefore, the decision was quite simple. And all he then had to do was to have the bottle to make the correct decision. On this occasion, he he, he just couldn't make the decision because he was directly behind it. And, and so many bad decisions are caused by that referee having no angle to see it. And the, the second observation I'd make about this is that the appointment itself is just horrible uh, in as much as he's 50 years old next birthday. He's been refereeing in the Premier League at the bottom end of the Premier League for years Surely this is the most perfect game to give to an up-and-coming referee, one of the next ones off the cab rank, to be a Premier League referee, so that when they younger referees come into the Premier League, they've got some experience. And I'd have thought this is the perfect match to give such a, a young referee who's one of the best outside the Premier League, because West Brom are the sort of team they'll be refereeing almost exclusively in their first 20 or so games. And the experience of refereeing a high-profile team with high-profile players is important as well. And so why was he even given this game? Yeah, I think I, I think they're two good points, to be fair. I mean, I, the angle one particularly, I think um, not to do a carry Neville and keep talking about the Mane thing, but the angle that he got for the, for the Mane decision kind of allowed him to make that decision. Um, but yeah, I mean, my theory on on this with refs is often that almost when when we play um, dross teams, almost as a means of leveling up, they kind of allow um, a lot of what would normally be kind of fouls and challenges that would possibly get yellows in uh, two games against kind of better footballing teams. They almost allow some of these challenges to go against teams like City. Uh, like I said, as a means of like kind of allowing the playing field to be levelled slightly, which is obviously completely wrong and is not applying the rules correctly. But that's all. I mean, that's kind of how I see it. Um, I don't know whether I've, either of you two have got any thoughts on that. Do you think that's a bit cynical? or? No, I think you, I think it's a really fair shout. Yeah, and I, I like you say, it's absolutely wrong. <laughs> you shouldn't do it, but it is almost like just whether it's subconscious or or even consciously, that that's something that a lot of the refs do. You know, they, I, 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 I'm not so sure about that. I think that the, the biggest problem we've got is the it's a quantity issue rather than a quality issue as well. These referees have been refereeing City for years. If you look at it, there are hardly any new blood is coming into the uh, 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 referee list for the Premier League. They're all getting old, which means they're getting slower. And so they may have been okay a few years ago, but they're on the downhill path, and there seems to be no plan to get rid or to, or to, to get rid of the ones who, frankly, have had their career and bring in some some younger ones. Apart from one who is a guy, and I, again, the, the 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 person I referred to earlier says is the best referee or best young referee in the country. He's a guy called Chris Kavanagh, but um. Don't hold your breath too much with regard to City is because he's from Ashton and he's one of us. Oh dear. <laughs> so we will not be seeing him. <laughs> well, but he's apparently he's, he's really good. Well, I think, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think that speaks more to a kind of systemic problem within refereeing that they've not got that many young refs, but yeah. Can't you just say he's an Algernon fan like Anthony Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost certainly not. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Right, that's enough on that's enough on the refs and and stuff. Let's um, let's talk about the actual game. So, um, Kerry, um, just before we do team selection, um, 
what do you make of that team? Did you expect? Do you expect a couple of the youngsters? Was that stronger than you anticipated? Um, I was hoping for at least one of the youngsters. Um, so I don't know whether I expected it, but I certainly hoped for it. Um, I know on the last pod, um, Asam was saying he he didn't want more than sort of two rotated out <laughs> from the from the last uh, starting eleven. Yeah, I think he's he, a bit you know, wide he wanted the mark there. <laughs> How many was it? Eight or nine? Um, eight, eight changes. But, yeah, um, you know, I, I, but yeah, I understood Asam's point, which was he wanted to keep the momentum when the momentum's so good. Why, you know, why uh, why change it or why lose it? But obviously, you know, we know why. He's, he's rotated. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. It's a still a really strong start in eleven, isn't it? You know, like it was. In a way, it was. It was a shame not to see a youngster, but also, what I enjoyed was actually, you know, that start in eleven is a really, really good Premier League eleven as well. You know, that would be a top end of the Premier League eleven easily. You know, it's it's not really any different to the no, definitely. eleven we normally put out, whereas. In previous years, you know the Car- the Carling Cup or the the League Cup or Carrier Bag Cup, whatever it's called. You know, it's uh, it's always been there's been one or two players in there that you just know are not at the level that that we're at. You know, and and it's um, so it was quite nice to see that actually rotating that many players and we still had a really 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 good team. What about for you, Mark? I wasn't that surprised by the team. I think that, number one, it's an away game. Number two, it's a this team, as we've discussed. So quite what Brahim or Phil Foden are going to learn from being kicked to bits, I'm not quite sure. Um, and thirdly, there's the, the, the momentum thing. And I, I might even have played Aguero in the basis that we've got this uh, record coming into view. And I would imagine that both Aguero and Guardiola want to get that through and done as quickly as possible. And it, another goal last night might have meant that he could break the record at Palace or against Palace on Saturday, and we could we could move on from that um, because it, it could become a bit of a thing if he has three or four games where he doesn't score. Um, uh, and also, there were some senior players who, who needed to play who we might need immediately the next game, and obviously we we know who they are. Yaya, uh, uh, obviously, Delph needed to play. Uh, I think that uh, there was a, a good case for playing Mangula as well. Yeah, no, all, all, all fair points. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I was a bit disappointed that there weren't any of the youngsters, but we'll, we'll come on to that after we've spoke about the game. But I think re- realistically, the main guys that needed to get a rest got a rest um, in Mendy, um, Aguero, De Bruyne, Silva, etc. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's hard to have too many qualms. Um, okay, so yeah, well, we score almost immediately. Um, I think we it's been going round on Twitter this morning. There were fifty-three touches in the lead up to that first goal. Uh, kept the ball for one hundred and forty-seven seconds, which to me sounds like it must be a record, but um, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, we pretty much kept the ball from kickoff until until we scored that goal. Um, yeah, what did what did you make of that, Kerry? Yeah, it was uh, it. Yeah, it was funny. It just it sort of caught me by surprise as well. <laughs> it's like I think I was still settling, settling in, you know, just sort of uh, getting myself sorted. And then getting it was the stream bang. up. Yeah, yeah, getting the stream up. Yeah, finding the stream that wasn't lagging. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, the, the the commentator on the stream I was watching, you know, was peering about it, saying West Brom hadn't had a touch, and and you know we've we've scored with, with sort of three minutes in. Um, yeah, it's not much you can say, really. It's a great start, and I honestly thought, here we go. It's going to be another four or five nil. We'll we'll see. Yeah, Brahim or Phil Foden about sixty minutes, <laughs> and that was probably the plan. <laughs> but it obviously didn't quite work out like that. Yeah, it was. It was one of those. Actually, I was I was just on the goal. I was quite impressed with Sonny because it's one of those that I've I've seen him last year, especially miss. And Silver, I remember missed a very similar chance. Um, where just there were quite a few of those last season where it's kind of bobbled down and it just requires a level of concentration because it's actually quite an easy finish. Just yeah, to kind and of they've skied it, haven't laugh, they? And they've the just past. skied it over the bar. Yeah. yeah, I mean, two observations about that opening goal. The first thing is the player who's involved a lot was Mangala, including the the pass that really broke through the press. So I, I just m- m- mentioned that in passing. And secondly, the finish. You're right. 
I, I've seen a lot of City players uh, uh, get those wrong. Of course, the, the player who was always really good at that sort of finish was Dzeko, and it reminded me of his goal against United um, the year we won the league under Pe- Pellegrini, which is the same thing where we kept the ball from kickoff, just drove them down the other end and scored. Oh, yeah, good shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I, I, you know, I thought Foster probably could have done better. Um, he, he literally did push it straight into straight at Sane, considering what a great game he had after that. <laughs> I thought that was probably his yeah. uh, his lowest point. However, it, yeah, it was a great finish. He, he made sure he got over it, didn't he? And like you said, it's a good shout, Lloyd. He's we've seen a few of those absolutely skied in the last like, last season. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm glad he kind of just got over that. I mean, his scoring form has been good this season, so long may it continue. Um, okay, Mark. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think, despite the eight changes, do you think the attack influency was still there? Or do you think yeah. that's a bit wider the mark? Certainly for the first half hour, it absolutely was. And ultimately, the front three were the three who were doing really well at one stage last year. It was uh, Sterling, Sane and Jesus with uh, Gunduan uh, behind that. Bernardo Silva, still not you feel totally involved in the game all the time, but obviously contributing as he did very much for the second goal. And uh, Uncle Yaya just sort of walking around the half centre spot, which is principally what he did. But that was very important, recycling the ball and getting us moving again. And what happened in the matches, I think that, that Pulis clearly worked out at half time that number one, we had to get closer to Gundawan. And number two, we had to, but they had, or they had to bypass uh, Toure. They had to make him an irrelevance in the game because although he didn't actually break a sweat, he was fundamentally controlling the game. Any concerns around kind of the wastefulness, though? In that, do you see any of the kind of same old problems concerning you know creating good chances? Obviously, Jesus created a very good chance for himself. Mangala had a good chance. Um, Gundogan had a couple, if not three, good chances. Um, Jesus, yes. Uh, Gundogan, basically, he was surrounded by defenders, and I think you're being a bit harsh on Mangala. I thought that was a really good save. I think that uh, uh, that was a goal on eight out of ten occasions. So you weren't concerned with the kind of wastefulness element, then? You don't think? Uh, Jesus, a bit, yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, he, ultimately he's the centre forward, so we hold him to a higher standard than the others. Uh, so, yeah, arguably, and certainly you did feel, particularly in this being a cup tie, that nagging doubt that at a 1-0, we need another one, and frankly, a third would be nice, uh, because you know, the game can change, as it did. What about for you, Kerry? Yeah, I... I didn't think we were quite at the level we'd been at. Um, I didn't think it was quite as smooth. You know, we we did create a lot of chances and we had a lot of a lot of possession and you know we controlled the game and there's you know we we still played well. It didn't feel quite as electric as perhaps the last few games, and I don't know if that was stemming from Yaya. Um, as Mark said, sort of strolling around, which he was, you know, he, he definitely didn't bring the same energy as Fernandinho has been playing in that role. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I thought, you know, we cannot complain. I thought we played really well, but it just, there was just, I guess it just, you know, a lot of these players haven't played all that much. So it was just a couple of like passes astray where things like that, where people thought we were going to run into a space and they didn't and just only one or two, but you know, in their last few games, everything has been on point. Um, so we, I felt like we were just slightly, just slightly off it. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, we, we should have been, we should have been away uh, out of sight by half time, really. I think, you know, um, I think we had some, we had a couple of great chances, even just, it, it felt, it did feel a little bit like uh, last season in the sense that there were a few not necessarily even chances, but um, we got into a few positions where we should have done better, which would have probably, which could have led to a better result where, you know, I think Sterling had a few where he kind of ran through or was, was away and then kind of stopped and then didn't really know what to do and then came back. And there's a few, just a few moments like that where we weren't quite as instinctive as we have been in the last few weeks. 
understandable then do you think given the eight changes probably i think so yeah yeah i wasn't i wasn't worried by it because i just thought well yeah like you said you know this is these eight players haven't, haven't played that much yeah no i i mean i'm pretty much on board with that i think it i think there were little signs of like flashlights that some of the same old issues but really i mean given you made eight changes and we had that level of fluency i think to be honest we were probably all nitpicking a bit and we're a bit spoiled by the football that we've seen so um, yeah it was way better than like you know kind of league cup games in previous years <laughs> oh definitely oh that game at united yeah yeah exactly um, yeah okay so moving on to the second half because i think there are some kind of really interesting points to kind of go at um i've seen a few things well a lot of people on twitter really kind of disagreed about this um kerry do you think it's do you think it's kind of understandable that a team I'm not saying we folded but kind of completely lost control and lost our heads a little bit after a, an injury like that or did the the way we kind of um yeah went cards down did that did that worry you a bit um did a bit uh yeah i mean it was um do you think it's like, understandable though when you when you've as as we've kind of seen with this rory smith article and obviously the players will all have been around that when you see how hard a guy's and obviously a good friend of everyone, given how nice a bloke he is, um, struggle to get back. And then you see, see, it's almost harder to accept when it's a kind of a cynical, siding challenge as opposed to him just turning yeah. his knee. Well, just see, like I said earlier, seeing the expression on Sterling's face when he sort of looked down at Gundo and then looked across to the bench, he, you know, he looked genuinely kind of worried and anxious, you know, in a way that players often don't. Um, so yeah, there was definitely something at play there. You know, presumably, like you said, you know, he's the, the morale is fantastic in the squad at the moment. They don't want to see that happen, um, and we did lose our heads a bit. Um, I I do I feel like West Brom stepped up the physicality even more in the second half um, as well, and I think that got to us a bit. Um, I I feel like yeah, just probably a combination of things. But it was a little bit like last season where we kind of, or even like sort of a few, you know, the last few years where sometimes when things went against us, we kind of, instead of rising to the occasion, we sort of lost our heads a bit. Yeah. What about for you, Mark? Do you think it was kind of excusable or? (laughs) Yes. Um, I also think that it coincided with West Brom by their own lights playing better and having a, a, a plan that to a certain extent worked their level rose as ours fell and that rather accentuated it. And it did demonstrate a couple of things. Firstly, that West Brom side was quite strong and they've got some decent players. Well, Foster has yeah, it's very been strong, a good actually. goalkeeper for a long time. Johnny Evans obviously is a player that we've, sort to add to the squad at City. Uh, Krzysztoviak has just arrived. He played in that game, who uh, played against us for Sevilla. Very good player. Uh, Polish international. Played for PSG as well, didn't he? So uh, he's no mug. And the, the, the strikers they've got, they brought Rondon on, who's a, who's a big unit. And he is a, effective. And uh, the winger that came on was, uh, 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 was good helps. and direct as well. And, you know, you sort of would expect a team of that quality to have a 10-minute spell against us, particularly at home. And as I say, they, they, they went considerably more direct. They largely bypassed the midfield, which from their point of view, from their point of view, trying to win the game was probably the thing to do because it immediately took... Yaya Toure out of the game which was good because although we've uh, uh, pointed out that he didn't exactly exert himself, the fact is that he was key to controlling it in the first half and suddenly it was for 10 or 15 minutes uh, a a more difficult game and they had chances I thought we were also kind of the architects of our own problems as well, Um, on the last pod we talked a bit about how much better we were playing the ball around at the back um, in the last game, last few games. And I felt like, 
uh, last night, we just weren't. It was like we were talking about in the last pod, we talked about the panic and how that panic has sort of gone that, you know, we we all had last season when we started playing the ball around at the back and you could see the attackers encroaching, getting closer and closer. And we were just looking like rabbits in the headlights. Last night, I felt in that sequence, in that sort of 15, 20 minutes in the second half, it felt like that again. Like we just... You could just see it. We were just we didn't, and I don't know if it was because it was Bravo or uh, Mangala or both or whatever it was, but we weren't we weren't playing it out with the sharpness and playing it through the lines and beating the press as well as we have been. We we were sort of looking forwards, not seeing seeing nothing on, and then going backwards and then going further back and then just kind of going around in circles and and almost getting caught out. There was a few occasions where you could and you could hear the West Brom. Crowd getting, um, they were, were rising to it. For blood, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were, you know, they were, you know, ooing Bravo every time he had the ball and all that sort of stuff. Like when they know that somebody's a bit wobbly, and so I felt like we kind of. Well, I say we brought it on ourselves. We brought it on ourselves in the sense that we weren't able to handle them pressing us in the way that we have in previous games, where we've just beaten the press so much easier, and we've been we've looked so much more comfortable at the back. Yeah, I mean, Pep, Pep said some some actually really interesting stuff on this. I watched his the recording of his press conference last night after the game, and he's kind of said um, that this is always th- this kind of situation. What happened in the second half is always going to happen against West Brom if you don't kill the game off. And if it's one nil, they're so good at set pieces and they're such a threat from um, kind of long and high balls that if you don't kill the game off, you're going to get yourself into a situation where they're going to create chances because they're just fundamentally better better than we are um, in a lot of the duels, just like we're better than them um, in terms of a kind of a footballing aspect. Do you think, do you think that's, that's fair, Mark? Or Yeah, it's what they do. <laughs> we're going to come on to that with their goal, which is an example of what they do. Well, yeah, they do it very well. You want to talk about the goal? Yeah, yeah. That's a, a really good corner routine. It's as old as the hills, near post corner. Difficult to do. It requires great delivery. It requires real bravery by the guy at the near post because he's usually going to get clouted. But if you get there, it takes the goalkeeper out of the equation, which is why I don't think it's Bravo's fault. And it then puts huge pressure on the uh, 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 runners from the edge of the penalty area being picked up. And therefore, it's very well executed. Okay, uh, Gabi Jesus was watching Jakob score it. <laughs> uh, but other than that, you know, it's really good. And it is very difficult to defend against. It's what they do well. Kerry? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, they've, they've, they've done us there, haven't they? You know, they've, they've worked. <laughs> West they've worked a, yeah. Well, they've worked a situation where they've got two West Brom players in the six-yard box without a City player marking them. You know, and, and that is because they've they've like Mark said they've they've done a routine on us and we've not we've not picked it up and we've not followed the men and we've just we've just stood there watching and it was just like it was like we had we had sort of four city players forming a, a nice neat uh, rectangle around these two West Brom players in the middle <laughs> you know it's just like and then they, they, either of them could have tapped it yeah but the, so the point well. the point I make Kerry is that when it's executed well it's very very difficult to defend oh absolutely. And uh, we we can criticise all day long. I just think there's almost, if you want to put a silver lining on it, the way that City defend corners, it's almost a, a statistical uh, a calculation you can make that you're going to concede X number in a game. And if we conceded one of our four or five, we'll concede like that over the season in a Rumbelow's Cup tie that we went on to win, then that's fine by me. Yeah, no, it's a bit definitely. like when Joe Hart was with us, I was happy for him to mis- make mistakes for England because that was one mistake he wasn't going to make for City. Yeah, no, I think- and, absolutely, and, and ultimately, you know, that's what West Brom are there for. <laughs> you know, that's what any opposition is there for. They're there to they're there to try and win the game too. And, you know, we could they're gonna they they're going to uh outperform us in certain areas. And that's just the way it is, isn't it? We can't ever you get too wound up by it. I just yeah, it's just it was a bit of a shock because I think we have done really well. Uh, our, our defending set pieces has been really good in recent months, uh, recent weeks, and actually just seeing two West Brom players on their own in the six yard box was quite it was quite a shock. No, yeah, I, I I agree. I think we've defended set pieces generally really well. Um, but yeah, like like we said, I mean, 
that is what West Brom are good at. And if I think I, I, I think Pep's pretty, pretty close to close to the truth, to be honest, in saying that, you know, if you if you leave it at one nil, you're always going to be a threat when you concede corners. Um under threat, sorry, when you concede corners and kind of set pieces. So not too worried by that. And yeah, like Mark said, I think the goal was, you know, it's a well worked set piece. There's, you know, people don't need to lose their rag about it. Um, okay, just finally then on, on the game, um, Sane's second goal. Who wants to go first on that? I'll go with it. It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> what a goal. I mean, I, th- I think the one thing I would say about it is that uh, Bravo, Claudio Bravo, uh, that was a really good save, and that was uh, it, and it was the, the ball went straight up the other end of the pitch, and uh, I, I do think that 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 ought to be reflected. Really, I, I don't think that the, the the goal can be put down to him really because the the the, the corner was designed to take him out of the equation anyway. Uh, and, and, and okay, it was a save you'd expect him to make, but frankly, he hasn't been making them. And then quick break up the pitch, Bernardo Silva. Fantastic. And Sane doing what he's done twice this season now, which is cutting in from the right on his left foot, which is just a fantastic thing to see. And uh, maybe we should be looking to play him on the right a bit more. Yeah. Kerry, what do you think about that, actually? Um, do you think, well, Robin-esque, wasn't it, a bit, that goal? Do you think maybe Sane on the right a bit more will kind of give us that, um, give us a bit more of a threat? Yeah, I think I, I, I mean I think we should use every tool we have in our armory. You know, we should be switching it up. Yeah, I mean, there switching. were quite a few. Yeah, we should be switching over. And you know, there were there were a few points in the first half yesterday where Sterling, Sterling and Sane were both on the same side of the pitch. Um, you know, it seemed like maybe if Sterling had quite a roaming uh, role or, or whatever, but maybe or maybe they were just both switching and one hadn't moved over yet. But there were a few occasions where they were both on the left. Um, but I mean, it's just what what can you do about that? So that goal is just it's just absolutely top Very class, cool. isn't it? The, the 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 way he sort of strikes it, it was almost quite nonchalant. Like it just it just it looked like so smooth, um, and the the just the curl on it, it's absolutely brilliant, brilliant goal. He yeah. he looks like he's got he's playing with a point to prove, Sane. Yeah, well, I mean, four that's, is that f- that's four goals now, isn't it? And yeah, and it still feels like Sterling is the one picked ahead of him. In uh, you know when at the moment you know it, if uh, with, with Jesus and Aguero playing so well together, there's only room for one of Sterling or Sane. And at the moment, it's been Sterling every time, hasn't it? Yeah. No, so no, you know, no, no, no. Sane is playing like he like he's got a point to prove. No, great. He's doing it in the right way. Great. I, I think f- he's playing like the points to prove he's got is that he doesn't want to play at wing back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nor should he have to. No. Just get that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I what a great goal! The camera angle was perfect for it as well. Kind of just dug it out, and as soon as it left the uh, the foot, you know, Foster had made three or four really good saves. I mean, that save from Sterling was quite a similar situation where he got his wrong hand across and somehow got there. That was a great save, and obviously yeah. the one from Mangala. But no, no chance for that one. Um, just quietened those West Brom fans as it was getting a little bit too <laughs> a bit too raucous for my liking. Um, that was one of those goals, wasn't it? That was the perfect timing. Oh, yeah. It was. It was so good because you know they just equalised. They were re- they were on top. You know they were and we were sort of retreating into our shallow bit and um and it just absolutely it just took the wind right out of them. No, definitely, perfectly timed goal. Um, okay, just just quickly to before we talk about well before we um, wrap up anyway, just want to talk about couple of individuals we've uh, I think we've covered Sane but Mark what, what did you make of Sterling last night do you think do you think um, Sane jumped ahead of him or were you really were you impressed with Sterling like I was last night I'm impressed with all four of them uh, I I think that uh, at the weekend they've got the opportunity possibly of um, uh, giving Gabby Jesus a rest I mean, it's not. <laughs> they've got the option to do that if they want to, because you could see how they could play. I just think that we, we we are utterly and completely blessed, and to, to think that I thought that we were um, uh, uh, privileged twenty five years ago when I was worrying how you'd fit Niall Quinn, Uwe Rosler, and Paul Walsh into the same team. 
<laughs> we, 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 we live in a land of plenty. I mean, they're, 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 they're all doing fantastically well. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Kerry, um, I thought Sam put out an interesting tweet last night, which, to be honest, I was thinking myself, kind of took it straight from my from my head, um, which was that kind of he thought he thinks that Sterling's kind of taking on a bit more responsibility now um, in terms of making every action count. Because I remember that there were there were a few times last season when it almost seems as if he's you know going down the line without purpose and kind of burrowing burrowing a bit of a into kind of a nothing hole. But now. Do you, do you get that impression that his game's kind of maturing and he's starting to really, you know, make better decisions, essentially? I think so, yeah. I think he's still... He's, I think he's always going to be one of those players that, because he's so fast, he's um, he's so fast that he kind of sometimes ends up in a position where he doesn't quite know what to do with it, maybe because he's ahead of everyone else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's... And I think it may be, like I said, you know, there were there were occasions where he was on the left, he was on the right, he was in the middle last night. I don't know if he's been specifically given kind of a, a free role, but he he seems like he's all over the place in a good way. Like he's he's popping up here and there, and he's a couple of his turns and runs yesterday. He just absolutely had had the defenders on toast. Um, yeah, I think I saw the tweet from Sam. He's where he just said he's looking like he's he wants to make every touch count, and he he. I don't know whether he, he does he feels to me like he looks like he's looking up more, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like he's looking around, see what's on, and sometimes that leads to his bit of hesitation that he's that he's a bit prone to, but also sometimes it's it's the right thing to do rather than just as you say, running straight down the line, Navas-esque <laughs> um, into a dead into a dead a dead end. But I thought I thought he was I thought he was really good last night. Really again, you know. I've sort of made peace with Sterling in the sense that I think he's one of those players. He's always going to, he's always going to make a few. Frustrate a bit, yeah. Yeah, he's just going to be one of those players. Like you know, he just doesn't because sometimes he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's going to do with it until he gets there. Um, yeah, he's always capable of something absolutely fantastic, and I think that I'm, I'm quite comfortable with that. <laughs> no, I think I, I think that's a great point. That, that's kind of how I see it as well. That he he is that that kind of a player that he's going to sometimes he's going to do things and they won't come off and he's going to he's going to make mistakes but I think his I think the percentage of good decisions that he's making has certainly gone up in my eyes anyway and you can kind of see yeah. that game maturing um yeah um Mark Mangala what did you make of him okay I mean uh... <laughs> impressive or no. poor or somewhere in, in between Somewhere in between. I mean, I, I suppose where you'd question him is after Rondon came on, he wasn't able to take control of that situation in quite the way we Physically, might have do you mean? H- hopes him to do. But equally, where I have to say we may need to look at him again is that the first goal, like I said, said earlier, he was involved four or five times in those 54 passes and just looked part of the team and also when he came on against Liverpool he was involved at the beginning of one of Sane's goals there as well so I I think that there is a just a bit of a hint I'd suggest to you guys that uh, Guardiola has improved him as a player really you think you think Guardiola's improved him as a footballer already (laughs) I'm just I'm just giving you those bits of evidence that Yes, because it was, if you remember, for the first goal last night, it not only was he involved in the in, 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 in the, the 54 passes, but when he got to about pass 47 or 48, it was his ball out to the wing that broke the press. Kerry, what do you make of that before I offer my opinions? Um, I I don't know whether I was conditioned to just think it was he was going to be a weak, weak link, but... I didn't quite see it like that. I, I felt like I thought he was okay. Like he wasn't, he he wasn't poor, um, but I didn't think he quite looked like he was, he fitted. However, you know, he's not really played. So I, I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. Although, you know, I don't think anyone really expects him to be a seamless addition into the, into a pep defense. It, to me, it just looked like there were a few occasions where in the first half where he was, he was sort of bringing the ball out um, and then he just kind of didn't really know what to do. So he just Chips stopped. Chips down the and, line. 
Yeah, and then and it and it just went went to West Brom, and they just and then they had possession, and that uh, there's a few times where I thought, oh, Pep's not going to like that, because <laughs> obviously for Pep, you know, possession is paramount, and there were a few occasions where he gave it up very cheaply by just sort of like leathering it up up the line. Um, there were also a few occasions where he kind of he brought it brought it out, didn't really he sort of looked like he just didn't really know what to do, and then. And then played so sort of played it back, which I know we do we do that a lot. Um, but it, it felt more like it was because he wasn't quite sure, rather than he thought it was the best option, if that makes sense. Um, but as I say, you know, he's not really played in the defence, so maybe we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt in these sorts of games, and after a few games, see if he can improve. Um, but yeah, I didn't quite see him as a as a as a seamless addition. Maybe I come back and, and clarify. I, I, I compare him to Barese. <laughs> uh, he's never going to be Barese. Um, uh, he's never Barese. He's uh, quite a long way below Martin Dimitrelis as well. But <laughs> I think that he is. Uh, uh, you, you you've got to look at where we were and where we are. Um, he, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm detecting a degree of improvement. Is he going to be the best ball-playing defender we have in the foreseeable future? Absolutely no. Uh, but then you've got to look at somebody who's got to come in and be a, a reserve centre-half. And bear in mind that he does have a track record. There have been a couple of big matches. And I do go back to the match that's huge in his favour, which was the PSG Champions League game, where he did play and he did do very well. And... The, the need we're going to have for someone like Mangala is to come in for one or two big games where we're going to rely on him. Yeah, definitely. What, what did you think, Lloyd? Um, to be honest, I I don't want to pile in on Mangala, as fashionable as it is. Um, <laughs> I, but you're going to. But you're going to, yeah. <laughs> I'm just predicating. Uh, no, yeah, I. it's a concern for me. I, I think there's... I think what you said, Kerry, about um, you know the lack of minutes, and I think that's all pretty fair. We can you know expect a degree of rustiness, and I think that was there. But yeah, I think there is a bit of a even from Ottoman. I think there's a kind of a drop in the level when Mangala plays. And whilst I take Mark's point around the passing, for me, that was I think that was not something that you can put too much praise on. Uh, in that both against Liverpool and that goal last night, I thought really not a lot of pressure on the ball and when they did you know come and impart a lot of you know pressure Mangala was generally the one that kind of gave up the ball quite easily um and I think in a footballing sense um yeah he he is a concern and he'll continue to be the only thing that I actually think that surprised me a little bit um and I also found a little bit concerning is that physically um you know he's he's an absolute monster and that's the kind of facet of his game that I think is you know is the strongest, and he showed that in the game against Chelsea. Um, that Costa performance was yeah one of the best kind of defensive performances I've seen from a City defender. Full stop. But there were quite a few times last night when I thought, especially when Rondon came on physically, I didn't think he dealt with him that well. Um, and even in the first half with Rodriguez, um, yeah, I was a little bit underwhelmed by. He was kind of going mistiming headers, going through the back of people not being able to kind of impart um, himself on on the play. So a little bit concerning. But yeah, this the reason being, because like Mark said, I think there are going to come, there are going to be a few games this season where we're going to be, you know, away to a um, to a Liverpool or, you know, home to someone like Spurs and we'll, we'll have a kind of defensive issue with an injury company or Stones or someone might be out and we will have to play him. So... Yeah, I think it's. Uh, we're going to wait and see. I mean, I hope there can be a bit of improvement, but for me, still a bit of a concern there. For me, it was when I was going back to what I said earlier about the sort of the passing around at the back. Um, you know, he he didn't seem to be very confident with that, um, and you know, I think he he was the one that looked a bit like a rabbit in the headlights sometimes, uh, as as you could see West Brom encroaching on us and getting closer and closer, and we we sort of just didn't have that confidence in a way to, to pass it through the lines. Um, also I noticed like a weird thing with like Bravo. Um, he, and I, re- I remember now he did it a few times last year with this passing around at the back. We played it absolutely flat pass, um, sort of just completely sort of square 
uh, all you know, just a few yards from the from the goal line, um, so playing it across towards sort of the touchline, which just actually so that you know we've got like Mangala was there or whatever, but then it kind of this is where Adairson was basically what he's been doing is playing it through you know, through the lines like sort of really accurately four or five yards either side of an oncoming attacker. But Bravo was playing it quite square, and then what was happening was like it was just inc- inviting, advancing, yeah, yeah, it was just yeah, inviting yeah. them on. It's like well, now you've got Mangala stood just by the <laughs> by the corner flag <laughs> with the ball. The, the, this is a, a a really good point, and I think that to be fair to Mangala, it'd be interesting to see him play with Edison in the team, yeah, because yeah, Edison that's, really that's helped fair. because well, he's got a foot like a traction engine. And the that long ball that we saw in pre-season where he just belts it straight up for Aguero or Sonny or whatever to chase 70 yards as if we're Wimbledon 1986 <laughs> is fantastic. And it means that they're not going to be on top of the back four in the same way, which is obviously probably going to help Mangula more than anybody else. I think also as well, like Yaya, I mean, he did drop back a few times, but as we talked about it, he he wasn't really expending much energy, and I think there were a few occasions at that point in the game he was absolutely dead on his feet. Um, and that's you know that when Aderson's playing, he's he's playing it you know straight through the middle between attackers to Fernandinho or someone who's dropping dropping off, or even De Bruyne or someone. And so to be fair to Bravo, it didn't seem like he had that many options. Um, it didn't seem like Yaya was busting a gut to drop in. To allow to give him that option, however, yeah, that sort of that square pass. I remember now he did it a few times last year, and it just it concedes so much yardage that then they've 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 you're encouraging them to come on to us. Then, so yeah, I think it was a, a kind of combination of factors, really. Just to finish on them on the kind of individual players, Kerry, what did you? How do you think Delft did at left back? Do you think he kind of did well enough to suggest that could be an option or? Um, did it concern you a little bit? Um, it didn't. It didn't massively concern me, um, but it didn't sort of rip up any trees either. Um, I thought he was okay. Enough to work with, do you think? Um, <laughs> we haven't really got much choice, have we? <laughs> yeah, Can I make thing. a point about about, about Delph? That, that I, I thought he was okay as well, and I think that he will benefit from more matches there. I'll, I'll put it this way: his performance last night was better than Navas's first performance as a fullback last season. And to be fair to Navas, he did improve unsurprisingly by playing more there. And maybe there's uh, a case to find him a couple of Premier League games to play in as well, which will bring him up to speed because a bit like the Mangular thing, we might need him at left back. That's quite possible. The, 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 The difficulty you have then, of course, is that, even if you think he's a, a competent left back and he's a, he's a very good footballer, he may not be quite the standard of some of the others, but he's a very, very accomplished player indeed, uh, is that he in style is almost the complete opposite of Mendy. And that yeah. it creates a, a different situation for City. You could argue it's an advantage if you're Sane, for example, because it really means that it, it probably becomes easier to get Sane into the team. But equally, you're missing that dynamism of the two fullbacks that we love. I think I think that's a I think that's a good point actually. And like you said as well, I think it is going to have to be an option this season because you know, plain and simple, Mendy can't play sixty games of football. So yeah, Delph's got the quality. Hasn't he? He's got the quality on the ball in a set. Like he's he's good on the ball. He always yeah. surprises me how good he is on the ball actually. And you know he um, and he's certainly got the energy. Off, does Sorry, it? he doesn't give it away that often. No, no, and he's quite good in tight spaces, isn't he? Like you quite often see him. You know, he he's got a, he's got a turn in him where he can you know he can turn away from trouble, and he's he's, he's he is quite good like that. Um, and he's certainly got the energy to to play that play up and down the flank. I don't know if he's got the quality of the crossing. You know, certainly hasn't got the quality that Mendy's got, but you know, but then if he's a backup. Has he got enough? Yeah, you know, maybe he has got enough. And as Mark says, if we give him a few more games there, maybe he can improve. Um, I think that, a bit more. Yeah, I think Guardiola quite likes him as well, and I, 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 partly personally because he probably causes him minimal problems as well. But to have a squad player of that 
capability and he is a very very capable footballer who follows instructions does what he's told will will uh, will will we'll play in a variety of positions it, it, it is a is a good thing and maybe that the the burnley match at home which is after the next international break is the uh, ideal opportunity to to get him playing uh, in the premier league yeah no definitely i think uh, to be honest, I th- I agree with a lot of that. I think he struggled a bit in the second half. There were kind of times where it was a bit shaky, but ultimately, I think he's probably shown enough, and he's got all the kind of fundamentals um, that you kind of want in that position. I actually think defensively, he's generally pretty good, pretty diligent, yeah, and probably won't get skinned as much as Navas did last season. So, yeah, I think there's probably enough there. Um, okay, cool. Right, just before we wrap up, um, I want to touch on something that is obviously something that I um, kind of always look to, but I always think it's interesting to get kind of other people's point of view. Just on on the youth, on the kind of youth players, um, obviously none played last night, none came on, um, which I think is probably understandable given the circumstances, um, even though we were all kind of hoping to see a couple of them on 60 minutes. Um, Kerry, at all concerned that kind of in the, in the League Cup kind of third round, first game we play that, that none played, you think this could, you know, as a as a kind of message and symbolically could be, you know, really becoming a bit of a problem with City. Obviously seeing the Madrid interest in Brahim. Is it something that concerns you or or not? Yeah, I mean that was I was that was going to be the first part of my answer was I'm concerned because Madrid <laughs> Madrid are interested in Brahim. Uh you know, we want to show him that he can play with us. Otherwise ultimately footballers want to play, don't they? And you know, Do you think it was like a missed a, opportunity then that, that none of them plays? It's really hard to say, isn't it? I was like, like I said earlier, when we scored in the third minute, you know, I thought, here we go, a couple more. And we'll see one or two young players on 60 minutes, you know, one on 60 minutes, one on 75. Um, but, you know, it didn't turn out like that. And I don't blame Pep at all for not throwing them in, you know, the way the game was going at that point. Um and I think Mark made a good point earlier as well, you know, about bringing on Brahim or Phil Foden against West Brom when they weren't playing as uh, robustly, shall we say, as they were. Um, you know, is is that in a way they need to they need to learn that, so they need to play in those games and they need to understand that that's what it's like. At, uh, you know, in the Premier League, they're going to have those going to play against those teams quite a lot, but also mm-hmm. they're still very very young. You know, you don't want don't want to get throw them on and get them injured. Um, I, I can't remember what, what minute was Gundogan injured. I think it was around uh, 50, 57, 56. Yeah. Time. So, I mean, you know, after seeing that, he's probably, there's no chance he's going to throw a kid on, is there? <laughs> is he after, uh, yeah, <laughs> after yeah, seeing the player already got uh, I, th- I, I think that the, the next round match, the Wolves game, is a, a, a better game uh, for several reasons. Yeah, Firstly, glory be it's at home. Um, <laughs> the first the, time uh, the 11, slack, 11, astonishment of everybody. Um, uh, and secondly that's going to be much more of a sort of game that they are used to bear in mind there's a a lot of Porto and Monaco influence in that Wolves team because of Jorge Mendes and so uh, as there is in City as well so it'll be familiar in some ways but it will be also something you can say that this is a match between two grand old English football clubs and Wolves are not bad. They won at Anfield in the cup earlier this season and they're better now than they were then. So it's a, it's a good test, but it's a sort of fairer test for some of the younger players. And also it comes in a, a, a rush of games where frankly, we'll probably have played more players and players will be into their seasons. There were some senior players who just had to play last night, but I don't think that'll be quite so relevant for the Wolves game. So do you think it would be fair to say then would it be a concern for you if none of them started against Wolves? Yeah, it would be. I think that, obviously things can change between now and then and then, then and there may be a reason for somebody to play for some particular reason. Um and but I you you would but I would one, certainly hope so. Them, you'd think. Yeah, at least one of them. And also the fact is that the squad is so small that it's quite likely these players are going to be needed in the Premier League anyway. And so we've we've got to get them playing anyway. 
Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, I, I also think if we're if we're four or five nil up in in any more games this season, we should be looking to bring you know, bring one of them on if they're on the bench. I mean, I think they haven't been on the bench of the last couple of games, but yeah, yeah, you know, with any luck, like that's, I mean, you can never foresee when you're going to be four or five nil up and it might not happen again, but, you know, I would hope that if we're playing a Premier League game and we're in, we're in a really good position and we're, and we're cruising that we can, we can do that. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can understand why that Guardiola chose the team he did last night. And I think that after the, the Gundogan injury, he probably looked and thought that this just wasn't the right moment. No, I think I think that's spot on. I I hold position and hold thought that I think at least one, if not two of them, probably should have played last night, but not too much of a concern. I, I do understand, like you said, why, you know, given the nature of the opponent, why he didn't go for it. Um I think for me, um I think this is pretty fair. If none of them start, like you said, Mark against Wolves in what will be a lot more of a kind of conducive environment. And, you know, it's at home. I think it's the first time in 11 attempts in domestic cups that we've we've um, we've not been against a Premier League team and we've not been away. Um, finally, ludicrous, isn't Charlie, it? Ludicrous. Nicholas, I, I think Pep said he wants to send a bottle of good red to uh, whoever <laughs> pulled it out. So Charlie Nicholas should be receiving a nice bottle in the post. But yeah, I mean, I, I think if not, none of them start in that game, for me, that's... That's going to be a bit of an alarm bells moment, and it's just going to kind of—it's really not going to be good in terms of needing to create this kind of path of progression for the youth players. But that's a couple, especially of, when they—they they are ex- those two in particular. They're so good as well. I mean, are exceptionally talented players, aren't they? You know, we're not talking about a few years ago when the players probably weren't up to it. They really are now. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's a few weeks away yet, so I can hold my horses and put my pitchfork away um <laughs> nice one right well um yeah let's we'll wrap up here um nice one lads uh thanks mark thank you good to have you back and uh yeah thanks kerry as well thank you very much um so yeah um as always um thanks for listening we'll be bringing a uh, friday show tomorrow uh so keep your ears a nice pill for that um and yeah um speak to you soon thanks